Hello, it's Robert Bathurst here. I was one of the first guests on My Time Capsule, and Mike has asked me to tell you that you can now listen to the podcast ad-free by subscribing to Acast Plus. Details of how to join are in the description of each episode. Mike says it's very reasonably priced. In fact, Mike says it's a bargain. And who am I to disagree? Locked here in his cellar. Anyway, for a small subscription, Acast Plus, My Time Capsule, ad-free. Free. Unlike me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to My Time Capsule. My name's Mike Fenton-Stevens, and My Time Capsule is the podcast where people tell me the five things from their life that they wish they had in a time capsule. They pick four things that they cherish or wish to see again, and they also pick one thing that they'd rather forget, something they want to bury in the ground and never think of again. My guest in this episode of My Time Capsule is a man of comedy and one of my favourites, Robert Popper. Robert is best known as the creator of Channel 4's six-series hit comedy, Friday Night Dinner. He co-created and starred in BBC Two's award-winning Look Around You with Peter Serafinovich, produced the BAFTA-winning Peep Show, script-edited The Inbetweeners and The IT Crowd, and co-wrote Series 1 of Channel 4's Staff Let's Flats with Jamie Dimitriou. Robert also created Channel 4's comedy I Hate You, as well as writing on season 14 of South Park. Not bad, eh? Yeah, but Robert's also worked on, in various capacities, Bo in the USA, We Are Gang, The Old Guys, Him and Her, which regular listeners will know is my all-time favourite comedy, The Peter Serafinovich Show, and The First Team. He's won the Montreal Comedy Festival, the Monte Carlo International TV Festival, the Rose Door, in fact several, a BAFTA, some British Comedy Awards, plus several nominations for Broadcast and RTS Awards. Robert wrote three best-selling The Time Waster Letters books under his pseudonym Robin Cooper. If you've not come across them, they are brilliantly funny. So this will probably be quite a funny episode, I suppose, won't it? Or will it? Well, let's see. Here is the fabulous Robert Popper. Hello. Hello, Robert. How are you? How are you? Long time. So oh, my it. word, don't. It's ridiculous. No, you look great. You look exactly the same. No, well, you see, now, I've thought that. You do think that, don't you, as you go through life? You think to yourself, well, yeah, I look the same as I did then. I played a, you know, reasonably old businessman in a sketch. That was good fun. And then I looked. I looked at a photograph of it. Somebody put it up on Twitter or something, and I went, God, I look so young. You still look young. <laughs> yeah, I watched it again, watched you again. You're so funny. Oh, it's, well, it's easy. 
the easy thing to do is to say things that are funny and just say them and then they're funny. Well, you were funny and you are funny. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Oh, no, I watched it. I showed my wife. She sent it years ago. Yeah. I was watching it last night, actually. We were really laughing. That, <laughs> that horrible kiss, the noise. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She was like, ah. What do you think about it? It's really lucky that, um, amazingly, I did, I think, possibly some of the very earliest things that Olivia had done. So yeah. I did I did an episode right. of People Like Us that she was in. I think oh, that, right. may, you know, yeah. I didn't know she was in that, right? She was fantastic in it. I mean, really, you know, one of those where you go almost instantly, you do a scene with her. You, yeah. you think, oh, my God, this person is just, the skill of what they're doing is so brilliant. I know that feeling when you see, yeah. Uh, Don't you, just? We worked with, um, and we did... Series one, he only came in, he's only in it for like four. So we have Mark Warren, you know, the actor Mark Warren. Yeah. And he, he basically had to cry, really. And he, he just went, yeah, and I, you know, when you see somebody go, oh, okay, you, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. He was shockingly good just doing that. Yeah. yeah. You sit straight away, don't you? Yeah. I think you can. I like the fact that as an actor, you're opposite that sort of thing and you think to yourself, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. You know, and all it does is it makes you better. Of course, totally. It's bound to. You try harder or you just go with it. But you are unimprovable, so. <laughs> yeah, that's what many critics have said. There's nothing we can do to make this man better. No, there is nothing. <laughs> so I'm going to ask if you can record your end in it. Sure, we're we going to do like yeah. a clap or should I turn it on now or not? Yet? Yeah, just turn it on. Yeah. Okay, do we, do we need a clap or anything or not? No, we've tried it. We do a little sort of thing called the debrief for people who are patreon type people and we do it together and he insists we do it on zoom he said because you're better on zoom but we go it doesn't matter how many times you try oh it's never in time yeah wait we could do three two one one two three pretty good <laughs> so how have you been i've been great i've been good yeah everything honestly everything is good i'm being vague but it's great yeah lovely wife nice kids all all, all sorry i keep looking at my thumb because I, I you know when you think you've got a splinter in your in your thumb yeah. or your finger but you don't because you've checked but it still feels like there is one yes i've been annoying me all day but and i keep checking and it isn't a splinter <laughs> um so that's that's the worst of my problems no everything everything's great honestly well also work-wise it's not necessarily the success of it. It's, I think, the people you've been working with. You constantly work with just such lovely people. Yeah, I do. I have been really lucky, yeah. There's not many people I think I've worked with that I've hated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. It's when you're a difficult person, but normally no, no, they absolutely, like, yeah. leave, get off, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what it's like when you're running a set and there's often, not always, though, one person, you know, in the crew, and you've got to get rid of them. Yeah. I'll ruin the experience. And yeah, it's toxic. It isn't. It? Your, yeah, so I've done had to do that a few times, but overall, everyone's really nice. Yeah. To have Olivia doing that show, look around you, and then to see where she's gone. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? It's incredible. It's insane. And she's such a lovely person. She is. She's so lovely. Just like the loveliest person in the world. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. There we are. So we're going to talk, Robert, about five things from any time in your life that you've chosen to put into a time capsule, uh, four things that you love and one thing that you'd like to forget. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so what have you got for me? Well, it was a hard, you know, I'm sure people say, well, it was really difficult thinking about, sort of thinking, what is it, you know, is it more conceptual or are they things from my life? And then I thought, hmm, I'm going to go for objects, things that have meant something to me, uh, some quite funny one that's got like a kind of deeper meaning to, for mm -hmm. me 
my gun. No, um, and uh, well, the one you used. The one I yeah, used yeah. for you well, know I, for know, what that know. was. Okay. Yeah. We know. Mm. We know. The Patreon users, they know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought I'd start from my the thing I loved the most when I was a child, and it's here, and it's called Buggy. Oh my word! And it is my original, I guess, what they call comfort toys, mm. which is. I mean, if people can't work, okay. So this is a, it was a rabbit, <laughs> which was fluffy apparently. And I wouldn't go anywhere without it as a kid, as a baby, as a kid. And I used to pull all the hair out, the fur out and chew it and eat it and spit it out and tear it. So my dad, it's never my mum, it was my dad, because I, I realised his dad was a tailor. He used to terribly like sew it up and darn it. So it looks like it's from like, the war, or even a Victorian toy. Mm. And I keep it in, like, a cupboard somewhere. I never take it out. My kids find it. My wife is terrified of it because it looks like it's haunted. I mean, it is pretty terrifying. But to me, whenever I see it, I just go, mm, buggy. And I loved it so much when I did Friday Night Dinner. I did an episode called Buggy, which was all about the two boys and their comfort toys from when they were kids. Mm. And it was all about... Simon Bird's character, Adam, finding his old comfort toy, which is called Buggy. And for the show, the art department made a replica. They, in fact, made five replicas of this. Oh, brilliant. Which were pretty good replicas, yeah. just in case any of them, because we did it, I won't ruin the ending, but it does get destroyed by a lawnmower. <laughs> but um, so there's a photo of me somewhere with five buggies in my hand, which is sort of bliss. And whenever I see it, I just think, you are kind of hideous, but to me, you're absolutely beautiful. Got a photo of me as a baby with buggy. Well, I found it the other day. This thing I was looking. Have I got any photos? And there's a photo of me, the little baby. Well, that is me with buggy uh, sitting next to you. <laughs> yes, and my wife though. Sometimes I would take it out and wave it in, and she goes, "No, no, please put it away." <laughs> it's weird. I'll put it on the bed. <laughs> I mean, I don't sleep with buggy. Not when she's there. But it's. Um, I normally know where it is. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's. Have you got a comfort toy? Did you ever have one? I don't remember if I did. I don't think I did. But my grandson, I can particularly name his, is is actually called um, Buddy. Buddy. Yeah. Buggy and Buddy. And it's it's not even got, and it's one of those ones where it's just the head and arms and then sort of a soft <laughs> body. But it's so threadbare now. Right. And he has it under his pillow. I mean, my dad will sew it up for him if you want. Well, yeah, quite. That's what he needs. I mean, I have often thought that if I were to take anything to the repair shop, yeah. Uh, on BBC, that's what I'd take. Can you... But the thing is, you can't do that because my friend, one of my best, best friends, when we went to uni, uh, he had... <laughs> he bought his toy with... I don't, I, didn't used to, I don't think I brought mine. Maybe I brought it up just to, like, scare everyone. <laughs> um, but he bought his... His was called Pandy, which was a panda, mm-hmm. which also I used in Friday Night Dinner. That was Tom's character's one. <laughs> but his dad... This is what, this is what my dad effectively did with all the sewing up. When he came down one year from uni, his dad said, look what I've got for you. Because I think he had left his pandy down there and it was really threadbare. And his dad had sewed it up. But not only that, he'd sewed a bow tie into the thing, into the unit. <laughs> uh, and I remember him just going, he was so upset still. You know, a grown man now, you know, 22 or whatever he <laughs> was. Just so upset. Why would you? It wasn't, it was sewn into the whole thing. It was just there now. So from then on... Buggy had this 
effing bow tie with him, really? and it was he was outraged, and we were we were all outraged as well, yeah, because we knew we knew Pandy as well. We all knew Pandy. I was think they do that sometimes on the repair shop. They put a bow around its neck, or they put yeah, a little jacket I mean, yeah, on. Yeah, I, could, so, I wouldn't yeah. want to take buggy in there because I don't know what they do. No, frightening. Maybe sew like a monocle into into him or something like that. Yeah. So your dad was a tailor. Did you say? No, my dad's dad was a tailor in the East End. Ah. But I didn't know him because he died when I was two. But I only knew that recently. I didn't even know that. I said to my mum, why, why did dad do any sewing in the house? And like, didn't you know? You know, He said, oh, his dad was a tailor. I didn't even know that. Yeah, from mm. the East End. Yeah. In the 30s, I suppose that would be. Maybe. I guess it was in the 30s. Yeah, mm. in the 30s. Yeah, he was a, a struggling tailor who was often out of work, I found, and they were poor. Right. That's all I knew. <laughs> uh, uh, London, or, or did, he, and, and, did he come from somewhere else? He was from London. My other grandma, there's a thing about my grandma later, actually. She, she, she didn't come from there, but I, mm. I will tell you all about that one when okay. I've got a yeah. good thing to show you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Buggy. Ah, uh, Buggy. Yeah. Still got the two ears, though. That's impressive. Still got the two ears. Still got the little blue eyes. No mouth. No. No mouth. Just the, 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 the blue sort of, they look like blue Smarties. <laughs> like blue Smarties. No mouth, no nose. Eyes quite far apart. And a long way down the face. A very long way down the face. I think in the other show, when we did Friday Night Dinner, when Jim, the next door neighbour, Mark Heap, sees it, he just goes, a weasel. <laughs> it sort of does look a bit weasley. But, yeah. <laughs> Possibly the funniest man in the world, Mark Heap. He, 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 he is the funniest man in the world, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it was whenever we did Friday Night Dinner, we have a lot of scenes where the front door opens because it's <laughs> one no of those shows where you open it and he's there and <laughs> he was acting with Tamsin Gray. Yeah. And she told me she's never acted. He's been in... More shows with she's he's the actor she's been acting with the most in her career. Right, but she says she can't do scenes with him. You know when she he'd open the door, she'd open the door, and she'd always laugh every time. <laughs> and he went off where we go. He always says, "Come on now, it's getting tedious." Because he would never he would never corpse or laugh. No, it's quite unique what he does, isn't it? That's what's brilliant about it. Well, he never does the same thing twice ever, and every time is different, and every time is funny, every single time. Mm. So yeah, and the the cameraman often would be shaking because he's so <laughs> laughing because he's so he's just so peculiar you can't imitate him he's just yeah yeah I love him fantastic well there you are see that's what I, I mean about working with lovely people and working with great actors you know Tamsin is brilliant I mean yeah again, she's she did an episode actors, of People Like Us as well she was one of the right in the series that I did she did one where she was a mother she was a teacher but she was trying to go back to school having had children and okay. there was a brilliant scene in it where she was in the class and she had um, vomit down the back of her jacket. Yeah, she likes All that. day, the people were looking at it and she didn't know it was there. Oh, you mean from her kids? From her kids, from birthing oh, her child. And suddenly going, I've got to go to school, I've got to go. And then there oh, it was. God. It was a great, great scene. All right, let's put Buggy into the time capsule as number one, Robert. Yeah, don't, don't, I, I, I might need him back soon, mm-hmm. though. That's the only thing. I, I, if you're happier, I can put him one of the copies. One of the copies, then. Okay. That would be nice. Yeah, All we'll right. put in one of the five copies that I've got somewhere. All right, lovely. All right, number two. Yes. Okay, so this is my only work thing. So when me and Peter Serafinowicz made our show a long time ago that you were in, <laughs> Sir Alan Reese in Series 2, where you did the piece with... Uh, you were the head of the Royal Rock and Pop yes. Awards or something like something that. Like and, that. And you were, it was in the music industry, weren't you? Yeah. And um, Olivia Coleman did a nice piece with you yeah. where you kept saying... Um, instead of um, can you please do that for me? What was what were you saying? Instead of saying um, you would just say what was it? Well, I um, don't know. <laughs> that was all it was. Yeah. I remember you discussion just... about that. About oh, should, we, should we really go for the full um? And you did. And and you saying, well, try it, try it. 
and said, no, it sounds natural. It sounds as if it's the sort of thing you would say. You also said, instead of et cetera, et cetera, you said om cetera. Om cetera. Om cetera, om cetera. <laughs> anyway, so when we were making series one, which was like these 10-minute spooky fake scores program from like early 80s, mm. uh, Peter and I had this book, which is like a nice little, nice, small but hefty uh, fake leather-bound um, notebook. Mm-hmm. And we wrote all our ideas in it. And I love this so much. And every now and then, me and Peter would still would have a little look through it. So <laughs> it's just, I don't, I just couldn't lose this. And I've, I've, yeah, so they're just sort of ideas that we had that we, a lot of them we didn't use, but there's some funny things. We were going to do it, <laughs> we were going to do a, an experiment where we had to like tear up some paper. And I think we're going to put acid in it and, it was something like we would get. We were going to do something like you know you can use any any piece of paper, and we see the scientists pick up this paper that's got like handwriting on it, and it says <laughs> we're using John Lennon's original handwritten lyrics to Norwegian wood, <laughs> and you just see it tearing that up and then pouring acid on it, <laughs> which 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 used to make us laugh. Um, what else is in? There's just loads of, sort of stupid things. Oh yeah, this was Peter's one. If you're feeling nervous before giving a speech, then a good way to relax is to imagine what your audience would look like if they were skeletons. <laughs> if that doesn't work, imagine them as mere bundle of sinew and muscle tissue. <laughs> Finally, and as a last resort, imagine them as buckets of blood. <laughs> and there's this picture, which is of a T-shirt, and the slogan on big writing says... I've got to make this for Peter as a joke. It says, I've got until tomorrow morning to find £65,000. Can you help reward £65,000? <laughs> <laughs> so I should be laughing at myself, but like, I open this every year. Here's the last one. This is good. This is a letter that, that you write to yourself from holiday. <laughs> Dear me, how am I? I'm fine. I wish I was here. I'm having a lovely time. What have I been up to? I can't wait to hear all my news. I hope I am well and look forward to seeing me. P.S. I'd love it here. The food is delicious. <laughs> so it's just full of loads of loads of crap like that. Loads of it. And just stupid drawings and, and stupid thoughts. <laughs> so, yeah, whenever I see it, sometimes I just sit down and have a flick through it just makes me laugh so much. It just see. cheers me up. I can it's see just it my favourite work thing, you know, of anything I've had from work. That is my thing. Yeah. Well, you and Peter had this... That's, in a way, the strength of what you did, I think, is the fact that it's so bloody serious. Mm. I mean, the whole time, it's very serious. Everything you're talking yeah. about is very serious and very important, and none of it is. Exactly. When we made series one, that was the... With our, with our brilliant uh, director, Tim Kirkby, mm. who's amazing... The ethos always was, we were imagining we are actually filming a scores programme. There's no money. You can only do two takes most. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, you know, uh, information. It's never about a joke. It's just how would they do it? How would they do it to get the information across? It's never about, oh, let's do it, make it, like, funny. Mm-hmm. It's the information. And then, and that seemed to kind of work. Yeah. It was it was weird just being in that that zone, that weird late 70s, early 80s, terrifying scores programme zone because we watched loads of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was like just being in another... Because we filmed it in this crappy basement in um, town and it was, 
we just had a big strip of blue paper, cardboard or whatever paper behind, and we were staring that for months <laughs> while we we're filming. It's sort of while well, Pete was dressed as a you know in a, in a lab coat, mm. and you never really saw his face. <laughs> it's really mad. It was great fun. Yeah, brilliant fun. The fun of it is not only that it's very funny and fun to do. But there's an element there that always will be misinterpreted by some people. Is that part of the enjoyment of it? Well, I know that quite a lot of science teachers have told me that they, they used to play it to their kids as something serious. And then after about three minutes, someone go, oh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, yeah, which brilliant. I really like. Yeah. I really like that. Mm. Um, I found that my, at my son's school, the, the science teacher was, was playing them that as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Which is great. I mean, in a way, there's an element of the time waster letters that you've wrote as well mm. there, isn't there? That thing that you're writing to someone who's going to take it seriously. And you go, how can you not see past this? That's my, I love that mm. thing, in doing, doing something very seriously that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't, you know, it's not being nasty to anyone. It's just stupid. I think, though, weirdly, we always used to say that the whole show was kind of about nothing, really. The nothingness of everything and sort of... In a pretentious way, you know, life is kind of what is what is life? Why are we here? It's all pointless, sort of thing. Mm. That was its kind of big thing. If we ever got, if we ever like thought about it at two a.m., that was like we, we used to kid ourselves. It was really about that, but it was really yeah, it was really about sort of making a show that gave people a feeling as well as making them laugh, yeah. like a feeling of like oh god, oh yeah, it's like being at school. And, oh, I don't <laughs> like that, but I do like it. But I don't. <laughs> And also, I can see how absurd the whole thing was. Looking back on it, it was yeah, it was it was yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, brilliant. And we stuck it on iPlayer suddenly, which was like, oh, that's nice. I, well, Finally I know that to... came out of the blue, didn't it? I, I know mean, it did. It's um, did they suddenly find you were cheaper than they thought you were? I think we were incredibly cheap. We must have made <laughs> about eight pounds from that show. Yes, <laughs> literally. I feel that's often the decision they go. Yeah. How much did we pay them? Oh, I think we can put that out. I think, yeah, I, I can't imagine I'll get... Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to ask for no. my four pounds. <laughs> well, it's both series, I thought, were absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. I was honoured to be asked to be in it. And oh, without a doubt, well, my favourite joke of all time, the favourite joke I've ever had to perform was uh, the start of that sketch with the person knocking, oh, yeah? knocking on the door and me saying, go out. That's right. Yeah, so that was me and Peter when we were writing. We used to do that. <laughs> We'd be in the, we were writing talk about Lee, but that's going to be for a while in series two. We had a room, and then if one of us wanted to go to the loo or go out, we get up, so I just got to go to the loo and get up and go to the door. And then uh, I would knock on the door from the inside of the office where Peter was, and he would just go, go out. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our favourite joke. We did that for months, yes. and you did that so well. Yeah. If you want to watch Michael, he's in Series 2, Episode 1, Music. That's where you are if you want to watch him. Yeah. What pleased me about that so much was that I was aware that it was a fabulous joke and that obviously you had a particular way of doing it in mind. And when I did it, you went, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you did it throw away. Like, you didn't even look up. You were at your desk working. And it was Ian Morris who co-wrote The Inbetweeners, who's a mate, and he was, he, he, he was the one in your office mm-hmm. who was giving you something, you passed him something you'd sign, and he goes to the top <laughs> and knocks and go out. I know. <laughs> but quite a thing to ask as well, because Olivia and I had to do quite a long French kiss at the end of that sketch. Yes. I think mm. that's the longest I've ever kissed anybody on screen. It was a really long, because it was at the end, it said you're also, as well as, you know, 
Uh, you work with, with records, music records. You're also a record breaker, aren't you? Oh, yes, indeed, I am. Um, Pam, I'm uh, uh, currently the world French kissing champion. So, oh, will you? I'd love to see a demonstration. And you get up and just properly snog, and you just hear mouth noises for, you know, 14 seconds. Yes. I think the camera zooms in slowly as well. It's horrible. Horrible. Really horrible. Mm. I know. You would put anybody off French kissing. <laughs> but uh, Idiots. There we are. Yes, one of my proudest moments, I have to say. Oh, kiss me. Yeah, delightful. All right, well, let's put that fabulous notebook in. I wish we could sit and read it all. You can. Publish it. Yes, I'll carry it on me at all times, and should I bump into you, mm-hmm. boom. We'll flick through it. Fantastic. We will. Okay, we great. Will. All right, so that's two things. Robert, what we've got next? Okay, hope you're having fun. We'll be back with more from Robert after these messages. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back. Right, those messages have been passed on, so let's return to the delightful Robert Popper and the rest of the things from his life he'd like to have in a time capsule. So this one is very different. It's uh, it's not a common thing at all. It is, this thing I'm holding up here is an old photo album. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was very close to my grandma and I actually did a thing called Griefcast, which is a great podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know it, yeah. And, with um, Carrie and Lloyd. With Carrie, it is amazing she is about fabulous, my grandma. Yeah. And, and um, I, I just cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. I just love my grandma so much. So my grandma came from which is now the Ukraine, but at the time it was the Austro-Hungarian Empire mm. and lived in, like, the shittiest little town and the poorest, you know, with eight or nine brothers and sisters. And she had a good idea of, like, escape, because she was quite ambitious, escaping that world and moving to Germany in 1930. <laughs> uh, which is a good place to go when you're Jewish. Yeah. And because um, I think there was an uncle there and she worked in the shoe shop. Anyway, that's where she met my grandpa, who was Romanian, but it's now in the Ukraine. I didn't know my grandpa died when I was two. And um, they lived there until literally the outbreak of the war uh, and um, escaped like three days before the Nazis invaded Poland and they got out. But 
Yeah. So um, anyway, this that I'm holding up now is a photo album. Mm. And I always used to see this in her flat. And it's a photo album of like travels her and her husband did through Europe from 1931 to 1938. Huh. It's amazing. Yeah. Germany, Poland, it's now the Ukraine bits. Uh, all over, and full of people who were probably all killed as well. So mm. it's quite, or most of them, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite, it's amazing though. And I had it like, re, that's funny, but I had it all like restored nicely. And I lent it to my dad, he will have a look. And my dad just wrote in Biro in it. This is like 100 <laughs> years old. Mrs. Buller family photos in Biro on the like inside <laughs> page. It's like such, oh. Uh, Anyway, so I love this. Mm. And I spent, you know, quite a long time looking at all the photos with magnifying glasses and trying to find the places they were and trying to track down who, who people were and see, oh, that person's in that photo, that's who they are. So I got really interested in, then I was like, well, all we knew was, so when I did this uh, thing with Carrie Ed Lloyd, I talked about that they escaped, but we didn't know how they got on. We knew they got on a train and came to England, but we didn't know anything else. My grandma wouldn't talk about it. Wasn't it wasn't kinder transport. No, they were no, too old. No, yeah. no, no, not at all. So all I know was that my grandma, my grandpa, and my auntie, my mum's one, one sister, my mum wasn't born yet. My auntie was a baby, one years old, mm-hmm. got on a train, came to England, and got all their stuff stolen. So when they came here, they had nothing. But I didn't know, no one knew what happened because she wouldn't talk about it. Mm. She just wouldn't talk about it. So um, I did German A-level, so I can speak a bit. It's not that good anymore. Mm. And then I heard, you know, you can get in touch with Stuttgart, which is where they live, the, like, the records. They're really good, the Germans. It's one thing they're good at, good records. <laughs> um, and uh, I asked, do you have anything on my grandma and grandpa? And they said, yeah, we've got like 30 pages on your grandma. We've got uh, 400, 400 pages on your grandpa. <laughs> oh, can I have them? Wow. Yes, it's like 60 euros. And then a day later, you get it all emailed to you. Most of it was stuff about uh, after the war in England, because they had their stuff stolen, trying to get money for all the stuff that was stolen. Mm. And it was, I think it took 20 years for them to get anything. I know now that a lot of that is probably because the people in the legal profession and the police, etc., still were, a lot of them, Nazis. Mm. So like, they made it very difficult. So I just remember... I know my mum told me they found it really hard to get any form of anything back. Mm. But what it had in there, so I couldn't understand, a lot of it I couldn't understand because it's very official German. But in three different times, he, he, they had to keep writing and filling in forms again and again. Tell us what happened when you had to leave again. And it said, I read how they got out mm. and no one had known. And it was like a train hitting me. So I'm going to tell you the quickly the story because it's like being in a film. Mm. So... They'd found out that there's going to be a roundup soon. They were going to leave, I think, in like, say, 10 days' time. And they thought, you know, you need to leave now. So they got all their stuff. I don't know how they got the tickets and stuff. And they put everything in 10 suitcases. My grandpa, my grandma, and my auntie. And my auntie was one. She's blonde and blue-eyed. Uh-huh. My grandpa was blonde as well. She looked German. but She looked, in quotes, Aryan. Mm. Very pretty. And still alive. She's great. They got on the train, and this is his deposition, he said a few times. When we got to near, they were going to go to Holland and then go to Harwich, get on the train, on the boat across to Harwich, whatever it's called, to England. And they were going to go to New York to join my grandpa's brother. But 
as soon as they got, basically, the war started straight away when they arrived in England. Mm. They arrived, yeah, two days before, whatever. So on the train, and they were near the Dutch border, and the SS got on. They said, all Jews off with all your stuff. So he pretended to be asleep, and they took all the Jews off. And then another SS man woke him up and said, you're Jewish, get off. He said, please don't take me and my family. I'll get off, don't take my wife and daughter. And reading between the lines this bit is, because she was so blonde and sort of beautiful and German-looking, mm. he said, all right, you get off, they can stay, take all your suitcases. So he got off, and he said he got off, and he was on the platform with all the other Jews guarded by the SS, and he, the train started to leave. He said, I thought I'd never see them again. It's not look around you, is it? It's my, it always gets me. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. This is cooler. So uh, when the SS when the SS were looking away, mm. he ran and he jumped on the back oh of the train and escaped and joined them and got out. Oh, good lord! The courage, the the determination, the, and the bravery of that is astonishing. Isn't it? Yeah. So if he hadn't done that, it would just be you podcasting, yeah. <laughs> talking to just air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what happened. And the terror is, of course, that so many didn't. Of course, yeah. They, he said that he'd heard the others didn't return. No. They took them and they didn't. They didn't return. No. But he said, "I thought I, I, I'd never see them again." Yeah. And he jumped on them. He could have been machine gunned, you know. Mm-hmm. And he got on the train and he escaped. Yes. And they got to I mean, that's a decision. Really? I would rather die at this moment than never see them again. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It I couldn't amazing. believe it. Yeah, no one knew. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's. I thought I put that bit in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> not start with that bit. Yeah, I thought, oh, it's not going to get me. But I haven't told many people that bit. But uh, no, that's astonishing. That bit always right. gets me that. But yeah, I, I'm not because we never know. It's we, been the mystery. Why wouldn't it's it been, get you? Why wouldn't it get you? That, that just constantly mm. the to imagine yourself in that situation with your own family to to imagine these people that you love. Or have loved. Yeah, they went through this as yeah. young people. Of course, that they, yeah, they suffered, totally. and then never talked yeah, he was about. Twenty nine or twenty eight, yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. And everything he they did had, well. they le- he left everything behind to be with these people. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. They had nothing. Yeah, had nothing when they got here. No, and you hear that story again and again for survivors. Yeah, and that album with all those photographs, as you say, them travelling around visiting people and seeing friends and this is us here, this is us there on, yeah, on our sure. trip around trips around Europe, that all of those, nearly all of those people without doubt would have stayed and nearly all of them would have been rounded up, would have been killed. Yeah, of course. And yeah. you look at those photographs and see a world that could have been. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Mm. Yeah, I got really obsessed with that album. I have to like put it in a cupboard because otherwise I just spent all day looking over the... You know, the pictures, but yeah. Yeah. So that's that one, that's that one. That's the light entertainment one. I mean, it's it's one that needs to be heard, one that we can't ignore, because it, it's, it happens again and again and again. And when we see people turning up in this country now, having gone oh, through yeah, extraordinary they, things to get Oh, yeah, they're going to send them to Rwanda, Jesus yeah. Christ. It's terrible, I think. It's terrible. Well, that's awful. But, um, you know, my wife's family came over from what's called White Russia, uh, but oh, yeah? they came over in the after the pogroms from the yeah, Russian sure. pogroms. So, were they Jewish as well? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where my dad's family. I think they were Russian originally, and like they would have all come over then, mm-hmm. in like the early nineteen hundreds, when they were being yeah. killed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the next one I've got is 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 good, and it's the opposite of this. Lovely. If I'm allowed to move on to that, well, let's move on. Let's move on to but, number four. Move on, but not forget, Robert. No, 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 no. This is a piece of crappy paper. Mm-hmm. My one of my best, best, best friends. Excuse me. That was um my apple repeating itself. <laughs> well, look, that'll be good. Keep that in; it will sound good on headphones. Um, I had two apples this morning. Not good. We used to live together. Like in the late 90s, early 2000s. And um, we used to have nicknames for each other. But I don't know if this is normal, but we used to have the same name. We used to use the same nickname for both of us. <laughs> I don't know if that's a normal thing, but that's what we did. But one day, we, because the names would change a lot. <laughs> I mean, they'll mean nothing to anyone, but I love this scrap of paper. Yeah. We decided to write down all the names we've called each other up to then. So I'm going to read like... The names. <laughs> and you'll go, why did you call themselves that? And I often there's just, normally we'd mishear something and think that sounded like a name and that. We go, oh, okay. And then we call each other that for three months yeah. and then we move on. <laughs> so Roddy Burr is the main one. <laughs> Eddie Canaza. Kuliva Buzinus. <laughs> Alan Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Corporal Hull. Danny Moore. Roddy Forsyth. Roddy Fleming. Bruce... T- Bruce... I can't read it. Bruce Foster, <laughs> Dwayne Taylor, Achem from Bachem, but it was also Bachem from Achem, <laughs> Bill Budd, Bill Dunn, which we say instead of well done, Sim and Mill, Brave Lady, Fachalina Buse, <laughs> Cull of the Burtons, Cull of the Bleeding Burtons, Fuchel Bachacha and Piggy Whistle. <laughs> So while these existed, you called each mm. other the same thing. Yeah, we didn't even realise till like someone said, you know, you you don't you don't have different names, you just call it you're the same name. Our other favourite thing was <laughs> one Christmas, our mums happened to randomly buy each other the same blue sweatshirt. Oh right, and we wore it once, and then we also had these like I think they were like sort of beigey canvasy trousers, and we had like white trainers the same, and we like. One random day, randomly, we were dressed the same. Mm. We thought it was so funny. <laughs> and we said, let's go for a walk. Because we don't look and feel like each other, and it will just be funny. <laughs> we for a walk, and we could just see people walking near us thinking, oh, just the same. As we passed, we'd mutter to each other, little brothers. <laughs> 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 that would be a day. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that list... I, I thought, I've got to find that. And, it, and I found it, like, in three seconds. Oh, my God, I've still got this... Horrible, crappy list. It's all faded and torn. But uh, yeah, they were all, they were our nicknames for each other, and um, a different one would be in fashion. But we would never call each other. That would be it. We would both be the same name. But we didn't realize at the time. We never thought it's weird. We we don't have different names for each other. And then we so even now we go. Yeah, it's weird. We we were always the same name. So we, I suppose we were like little brothers, mm, rather like that couple on Gogglebox. Did you watch that occasionally? A, I don't. There's a couple on it. They both call each other Nutty. Nutty. Oh, you're looking nice today, Nutty. Thank you, Nutty. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, that's, it's really... I would say that's weird, but I can't say that's you weird. Can't. Because you can't. Brave Lady used to make us laugh a lot. <laughs> you called him fuckety what? Fuchel <laughs> Bachata. But Gulliver Buzinus was good. That's a great one. That was a good one. It was like Gulliver Business, but pronounced Gulliver Buzinus. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, Dwayne Taylor was good, quite boring. And we also used to find 
where is it? Bruce Foster, quite funny. Yes, it's it is. Sort of a normal the mundane. Name. Yeah, there's some mundane ones and then some insane ones. Yeah, absolutely. That you could use those names with each other, and others would think you were Bruce Foster. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Good old Bruce Foster. It's your joke. Yep. Yeah. Well, you've kept that up. There's no doubt. That's a good one. It's still going today. So, what does he do now? Do you see him often? I do. I see him a lot. He lives around the corner. Yeah. No, he's yeah, and we still. What do we call each other now? <laughs> shoes. We call each other shoes a lot. All right, shoes. <laughs> <laughs> shoes. Shoes at the moment. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> what a lovely thing. It's a good list. Yeah. What a lovely thing to go through your life. I know. I know. That ridiculous trick, isn't it? Yeah. There are certain things, I don't have many of those things, but there are certain things that I always say and I can't stop myself and they become... Like what? When I was at school, somebody was buying a packet of crisps on a train. We were on our <laughs> way to the Peak District and he said, how much are the crisps? And the man said, they're uh, seven months. And he went, seven? And I went, yeah. And he went, seven? And, you know, I can't hear the word seven without... There's seven without that. Without, it just comes in my head instantly. I must have been 12. That's funny. Yeah, I'm sure I got things like that as well, things that you just can't not hear. Or When, we were, when I was at uni, at Manchester University, with my friend Harvey and uh, my other mates, we used to go to uh, a place called the Charcoal Grill and get a burger most nights. Yeah. And the lady there always used to say, would you like garnish with that? Garnish. And that morphed, and I hear, and the joke became between ourselves, me and my other friend Al, we used to always say, let me rub your back with garnish. <laughs> so if ever I hear anyone say, you know, the burger's really good, would you like a burger? I used to, I always hear in my head, let me rub your back with garnish. <laughs> just, that's just the phrase I always hear. Yeah, they run right through your life. They're good, those brain, weird brain worms mm-hmm. that, they're pleasing, I think, because they're pleasing. You, is the you word. Take, they take you right back. You go instantly back to that moment. Yeah, well, if you have a friend and you both hear the same thing at that time, you go, you just say, look, and you go, oh, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, they're the best jokes. Yeah. They're just the best joke. The ones that you, you can't really even explain to anyone else. No. There's no point. No. Because it takes quite long, and they'll go, oh, but you know it's the best joke in the world. <laughs> well, they're my favourite jokes. Yeah. Well, that list, definitely, that's it. That's number four. Yeah. So we've got... They're the good ones. They're the nice they're ones. They're the nice ones. We've got to put in one that you want to get rid of. Mm. That was, this was the hardest. As people, as I know you said they either say that's the hardest or the easiest. Mm. Um, and then it's my wife said, obviously, well, why don't you just choose this? And, oh, yeah, that. So it's not... It's, it's a concept. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've only recently realised why I, I hate it so much. Like, it was like, oh, my God, that's why. Basically... Um, I can't stand, I don't think it's a phobia, but I can't bear it and it makes my skin crawl. That's whispering. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? Oh, <laughs> it's whispering, yeah. And once you tell anyone that, you're, yeah, my life's ruined for a while. But I can't stand the sound of whispering. I hate it so much. Forever I've hated it. I've only met one other person who goes, yeah, whispering, I'm the same. And that name drop is Paul Whitehouse. Right. He also hates whispering. He goes, oh, God, mm. I've always hated it. And uh, so much so, I remember about 12 years ago, they relaunched the Whisper Bar, the chocolate bar. Yes. I remember seeing an advert, a massive advert on the Kilburn Highway where I used to live. I said to my wife, oh, great. They're going to advertise that and they're going to whisper that. <laughs> she said, what? <laughs> that, oh, I must be the only person in the country seeing that. And I remember being in the bath and the radio was on 
and a whisper advert came out and it was whispered. They said the word whispers with and I leapt out the bath like water everywhere to turn like quicker than I turn the arches off. <laughs> I turned that off. Yeah, so and I never know where it comes from. And then about a year ago, I was talking to someone about Doctor. They said, Do you watch Doctor Who? I said, No, I don't I don't watch Doctor Who, but I watched it when I was little. Mm. Yeah. I don't watch it anymore. And I said, I remember like they said the Daleks were the scariest when you kid. I said, No, there were these these uh, creatures on it, which I've since found out, I think were called the Zygons. I remember watching them and they whispered and it was terrifying. And I suddenly went, that is why. Ah. I know it's why, because I showed my wife the clip, I found it. As soon as they came on, I went, oh God. She went, oh yeah, well that is why you're terrified of whispering. It's definitely from oh, right. the Zygons. So it's not, I know it's it not just an aversion to the sort of the, the, the sibilance of it then. Because I can understand that, that sort of in your ear, really just ready to it's just the thing. I don't know. I know it comes. I just realised, you know, when you know something, oh, it is from that. Because yeah. I was really scared of them as a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I used to get nightmares about them. And they whispered. And I just, when I saw them, when, when I was talking to someone, I realised, oh, that is, that is it. Yeah. It's my, my uh, PTSA, my, my, yeah, <laughs> my um, trauma. Yes. P- well, there are other things that are... Is that right? The- PTSA? No, what is it? PT, post-traumatic stress. Disorder, PTSD? Yeah. Yes, whatever it is. Yeah. That's that. There are things that happened to you as a child that, again, stick through your life. So not only jokes that happen, but also tiny little moments where you feel really uncomfortable. So I, for example, can never eat an egg sandwich. Because? Because of the fear that it might have a piece of shell in it and the crunching of the shell. And and I, for a long time, thought, well, obviously, you know, who wants to crunch on a shell? Mm. But thinking about it once, my wife said to me, why do you so hate egg sandwiches? You like eggs. (laughs) And I do, I'll eat any form of egg, apart from in a sandwich. And the reason is because we used to be given them on the beach oh. when I was a kid, and they had sand in them. Sand, yeah, mm. that's egg, that sort of sandy thing that the shell has, yeah. Yeah, horrible. Okay. Who gave you them on the beach? My mum. You just, oh, right. So if you went to the beach, an egg sandwich is not good on the beach. No. Like a hot day. No. An egg sandwich on a hot day. Out of brilliant. Tupperware. That's such a mum thing. No. Very, mm, very bad. Yeah, decision. just stewing. No, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so, like that. So there we are. That's one of my phobias. But whispering. I have met people, and I'm sure I've met people who don't like whispering. But that was more to do with not in my ear. Don't. Oh. No, just like so much like I remember when I was younger, if um, who used to whisper? What's his name? Oh, God, I remembered his name a minute ago, and now I can't remember his name. The actor was always drunk. You know, he'd always wheel him out for interviews, and he'd get smashed. And he used to whisper. I've forgotten his name now. Um, Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed. There Oliver we are Reed. together. So. He used to whisper like this. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. There's a few that do that, and um, that would just go off. To draw you in, as it were. You've never listened to Whispering Bob Harris on Radio 2, then? No, I can't do him, that. Can't do that. Just the name. No. But um, I can't do Radio 2, anyway. But um, <laughs> anything I've filmed... Any show, even in Friday Night Dinner when they talk quiet and they whisper, I, I would say, please don't whisper. I go, why? I just can't hear, I can't hear whispering. So yeah, but we need to whisper. So just, I just have a bit of voice to it. Yeah. And they, they knew that, that they, they, then they knew after a while. That's quite selfish, ruining it for everyone. You're happy with a stage whisper? Yeah, exactly. They talk yeah. a bit like that. That's kind of fine, mm. but proper whisper. Oh. And there are songs where there's like whispering in, and they, that that's just yeah. Oh like yeah, it's your tame. Oh that yeah, that that's just just. That. I was on the radio the other day. That went off. It's, it's supposed to be sexy, mm. but for that's you, quite it's quite a French thing, isn't, isn't it? it? Like just... to sort of whisper a bit and just mm. yeah. There we are. There we that's are. Me. Whispering. <laughs> 
All right, so that's the five things, Robert. Yeah, you, I bet you've never had anyone go whispering. It's not like, oh, whispering again. I've never had anybody worried about whispering. <laughs> We're going to banish whispering from the world. But I'm very happy to do it for you. I'll put it in your time capsule and you can oh, forget thank it. You. you never have to suffer it again. And that's it. Oh, thank you. So we have to finish. That's it, sadly. Uh, I'd like to finish. I'm going to knock. And you can say... Go out. (laughs) Brilliant. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my guest, Robert Popper. Thank you for listening, especially all the way to the end. Hopefully you're a regular listener and have subscribed to this podcast and rated it or even reviewed it on the podcast provider you prefer. If not, then we'd be delighted if you would do. Thank you. Let me know what you think of the podcast, which you can do by following me on Twitter. Yep, I'm still calling it that. Facebook or Instagram. Or you could get in touch with our producer, John, who runs the My Time Capsule social media sites. We're very happy to hear from you and to hear what you think. And of course, any suggestions for future guests you'd like to hear on My Time Capsule. Yeah, I know I say my time capsule a lot, but I'm just drumming it into your head. If you either really like us or really hate adverts, then why not subscribe to Acast Plus for £2.99 per month? Yes, £2.99 a month. It's a snip where you can get this pod ad-free and a weekly bonus episode called The Debrief, which mostly features me and John discussing the podcast, our lives and our guests with the occasional bit from shows that we've cut out. All money goes towards the making of this podcast, so thank you very much for your support. The theme tune is on Spotify, written by Past the Peas Music, and this was a cast-off production for Acast, produced by John Fenton-Stevens. Right, I'll leave you with this interesting fact. You don't need a parachute to skydive. How about that? <laughs> no, you only need a parachute to skydive twice. Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.